everybody, and welcome to episode 53 of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we're convinced that resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. I'm J.R. Briggs, and unless you've been living under a rock, you know that here in the U.S., we're in a time of great political division. Today is election day, a very significant election day. Now, I am not here to tell you how to vote, but I do want to challenge you how to lead, especially in these politically charged and divisive times. And to lead faithfully in this cultural moment requires us to live with convicted civility. Many of you know my family and I live in the greater Philadelphia area. We love living in the Northeast for many reasons. The people here are loyal, passionate, and proud. But you may have heard that Philadelphia is not always known for our politeness. (laughs) The people here can be seen as uh, being direct and gruff, blunt, and at times even rude. It's why some people have dubbed our city Negadelphia and the city of Brotherly Shove. Many people in Philadelphia will tell you what they're thinking whether you want to hear it or not. It may hurt to hear the truth, but there's no doubt that you'll receive it anyway. But there are times where I'm asked to go speak at events in the Deep South. And with each visit, I am—I find myself greeted with full-on hugs of warm hospitality, and I'm handed a glass of sweet tea strong enough to choke a horse. The kindness is palpable. Yet, despite the kindness and the countless bless your hearts, I learned a little secret about my Southern friends, they aren't always telling me the truth. Afraid to offend or upset the apple cart, these Southern folks at times choose to lie politely. See, while my passionate and sometimes acerbic neighbors here in Philadelphia major in truth and minor in kindness, my warm-hearted friends in the South often major in kindness but minor in truth-telling. Now, religion scholar Martin Marty said, one of the real problems in modern life is that people who are good at being civil lack strong convictions, and people who have strong convictions lack civility. Some people major in conviction and minor in civility, others major in civility and minor in conviction, but we must, as leaders, choose to double major. We need strong conviction united with great humility. In, in the Bible, in the, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote that we should be about speaking the truth in love. I want to offer you six principles for how you can live by speaking the truth in love. You can live with convicted civility because we need leaders in this season, not just political leaders, all leaders and all levels to live with convicted civility. The first one is we must live by our convictions. We are not called to be pushovers. We stand for what is right. And we believe what we believe. We can be strong about that. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we can stand for what's right and what we see through the scriptures and our interaction with the Holy Spirit and with other wise followers of Jesus. Sometimes we preface our statements like, well, I'm not one to judge, or there's a lot of ways to look at it, but I feel, let me say this, feelings are good, but believe in something. We need leaders with conviction. Instead of starting statements with, I feel, start statements with, I believe, or I'm convinced that, or I have a strong conviction that. Stand behind something you believe in. Speak and live with a conviction to honor and to be faithful to your call. Now, we must speak and live with conviction if we're going to do this. And as leaders, What we're after is not popularity, but it's faithfulness because we're going to be unpopular at times. But 
While we live by our convictions, number two, we must be civil in doing so. While we need to speak with truth, we have to be kind and respectful. As one 20-something shared with me recently, she said, I don't have to be right to feel loved, but I have to be dignified in the disagreement. To live faithfully as resilient leaders, we must live with the purposeful conviction that we must work shoulder to shoulder with people, even if we don't see eye to eye. The late leader Chuck Colson wrote, the obligation to show respect for others does not come from a soft sentimentalism, but is rooted in the theological truth that we are all created in the image of God. We must be both honest and honoring. And number three, for those of us who consider ourselves followers of Jesus, we must also remember that we're called to respect our government, but worship our king. We are in an intense era in American politics, in all of American life, really, wherein people are trying to convince us to join the side of the donkey or the elephant. But as Christians, our calling is to follow the lamb wherever he goes. And for us as Christians, it's not ultimately about red states and blue states. It's about purple, which is the color of royalty. As Pastor Tony Evans said, Jesus did not come to take sides. He came to take over. Yes, go out and vote today. Vote with all wisdom and conviction, but we should never look to our candidates as saviors or models of morality. They are vehicles that can provide some help and some areas of improvement, but they are not rescuers. For those of us who are Christians, we pledge allegiance to a king and a kingdom, and because of this, we don't need to be afraid. Yes, there are important issues at hand. War, poverty, immigration, human trafficking, taxes, drugs, racism, sexism, abortion, and other complex social, economic, and political issues that require our attention, concern, and care. But the commandment, the command that is most repeated in scripture is do not fear. The political machine in America is designed to thrive on making people angry, scared, or both. And when we are fearful and we feel unsafe, we can become unkind. The oldest trick in the political book in Washington, D.C. is polarization leads to mobilization. We cannot let people polarize us to make us fearful, angry, or both. The call of Jesus is do not be afraid. The fourth thing is how matters. How matters. How you do things matters. You can do the right thing the wrong way, and it can easily become the wrong thing. Now, listen to this great advice for us in this election season. It goes like this, quote, I met those of our society who had votes in the ensuing election and advised them, number one, to vote without fee or reward for the person they judged most worthy. Number two, to speak no evil of the person they voted against. And number three, to take care their spirits were not sharpened against those that voted on the other side. What amazes me is that this was not written by some wise American politician or some popular podcast podcaster. It was penned by the founder of the Methodist Church named John Wesley in his journal on October 6th. 1774, almost 250 years ago. You see, what you say reveals what you believe, but how you say it reveals what and who you value. And as leaders, we have to value people even when we disagree. Number five, don't settle for tolerance. 
And for, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, ultimately, when we talk about convicted civility, our call is to be more than civil. To describe God as simply being nice or remaining civil leaves us with a shallow and inaccurate view of who God is. Our culture screams for tolerance. Jesus has a different approach, radical compassion. Can you imagine John 3.16 beginning with the words, For God so tolerated the world that he gave his one and only Son? Niceness and love are two different things. Nobody just wants to be tolerated. In a political climate in which we find ourselves, one of the most countercultural ways followers of Jesus can live is to humanize those who are different from you. Let me say that again. In our political climate, one of the most countercultural ways that followers of Jesus and as leaders in general can live is to humanize those who are different from you. And finally, when you disagree, don't immediately disengage. Commit to disagreement without disengagement. Uh, Pastor and author Rick Warren wisely stated that our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. And the second is that if you love someone, it means you agree with everything that they believe and do. Both are nonsense. You don't have to compromise convictions in order to be compassionate. Leaders, don't succumb to those two lies. Doing so pushes us towards the damaging forms of tribalism, which are petri dishes that rapidly spawn the bacteria of division. We don't need that in this time. There's already too much division. Be the kind of resilient leader that that does not succumb to division. As I close, I want to be clear in sharing that in no way is this easy to do. This is complex and messy and requires a great deal of courage. And we won't always get it right trying to live with convicted civility. And when we don't live with convicted civility, may we be the first ones to admit it. May we quickly confess and ask for repentance to make things right with those that we lead, to go first to speak up, to show humility in making things right. Leaders, be the first one to offer it when we don't do it right. Well, I hope this is helpful today in this politically charged day of the election. Thank you for joining me today. And thanks, as always, to Joel Limbowen. Joel produces all the episodes on this podcast. See his website at onalimproductions.com. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And leaders, Lead with convicted civility.